0: Thank you for tuning in to the Transformed Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. This podcast challenges us to be different from this world in which we live and to transform ourselves into the best that we can be for God. Here is your host, Caleb Rutherford.
1: What's up everybody and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Caleb Brotherford as always and I'm grateful that you are with us today for this particular episode of The Transformed Podcast again. I'm grateful that you're listening. I'm hopeful uh, that this is something that has been beneficial to you in your walk with Christ. I hope that you are taking advantage of the Scattered Abroad network and all of the resources and episodes and biblical knowledge uh, that hopefully we are putting out that is helping you uh, grow in your walk with Christ. As always, don't forget, you can find all of uh, the information that you need to know about the network. In our show notes below, um, we are on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go find our website at scatteredabroad.org. Also, if you have any questions or anything like that, you certainly can shoot us an email at the network at gmail.com. Or you can just DM us on any of our social media platforms and we'll do all that we can. Uh, to get back with you uh, as quickly as possible. Again, I'm grateful that you're with us. Um, we are almost done with season one. We have just a few more weeks of the uh, of season one uh, of being underneath the Scattered abroad Network, and I'm so excited uh, for what we have coming after that. Um, it's been a great first season, but we're always looking ahead and always trying to uh, better the network and grow the network and make it be the best that it can be. And we've got several uh, different individuals who will be uh, recording with us and creating content with us over the summer. And I hope that you are excited for that. We will have two new podcasts that are coming out and they will be on Tuesdays and Thursdays um, during uh, the during the summer months of June and July. And so we are super excited for that. We have individuals like Joe Wells, Jeff Archie, Steve Higginbotham, BJ Clark, Derek Coble, among others who are going to make an appearance uh, on those podcasts. And we have uh, an interesting podcast that'll come out on Thursday, something that's a little bit different and it's uh, something that maybe can uh, lighten up your day, maybe put a smile on your face and, and maybe make you laugh a little bit along with us as we enjoy some laughs with one another uh, in that particular podcast, but all of that will be coming out with an announcement here pretty soon about those, th- about those things, just remember to follow us on all of our social media platforms and you'll be up to date uh, with what we have coming out, but I'm grateful for that obviously all glory goes to God because without Him we would be nothing If you've been following along with this season, you know that we are talking about this idea of being transformed out of, and today we're going to be particularly talking about being transformed out of peer pressure, being transformed out of peer pressure. And we're actually going to break this lesson down into two or three different parts. And maybe even we'll close out this entire season, just uh, specifically talking about this idea of peer pressure. Now, Peer pressure, I think it's something that maybe we think that only younger kids need to talk about and need to be uh, thinking about, but really this is something that affects every single one of us today, regardless of our age, regardless of where we are in this life. Peer pressure is something that we can also come to, and we're going to talk about this idea as we go on through this episode, but as we begin, I want to talk about this idea of a role model. What is a role model? What comes to your mind when, when I say the word role model? What do you think of? There's maybe, maybe a parent comes to mind. Maybe a grandparent. Maybe there is a preacher in your lifetime. Or maybe uh, the, the local minister where you grew up going to worship. Or maybe the youth minister there. Or maybe it was a ball coach. Or maybe it was a, a teacher, a particular teacher who helped you, who tutored you. Uh, someone who made a big impact on your life. You know, when I think about a role model, I immediately think about my dad. I think about a gospel preacher, someone who week in and week out opened up the Bible, who studied it, and who took all that he can from the Bible to create lessons that would help the congregation wherever it was that we were attending who took the things that, that, that he learned and who applied them first to himself to make sure that he was living the right kind of life and then how he would preach it to others and implore them and beseech them to do all that they could to serve Almighty God. I think about a man who took care of his family before he oftentimes took care of himself and how he always put our needs in front of his own, how he always made sure that we were taken care of, that we had everything that we needed in this life. I think about someone who helped the local church To the best of his ability, someone who was as present and as available as he could, regardless of what was going on in life. You know, I think of someone who helped form me into the individual that I am today. Someone who has helped push me and mold me into the person that I am today and someone who still influences many of the decisions that I make in this life. You know, that's what I think of when I think about a role model, someone who has a great influence on me someone who has a great influence on the decisions and the choices that I make in this life, the things that I decide to do, a role model influences those things. You know, it's so important that we take time to sift through those individuals with whom we spend so much time in this life. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, it rings so true. And I know you know this verse. I know that we have all read and heard and quoted this verse where Paul says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. You know, the things that we, rather the people, the individuals that we spend our time around, I promise you they will undoubtedly begin to affect your decision, whether that's for good or for evil. They will begin to affect the way you think and the way that you do things. You see, peer pressure is really an interesting thing because like I said before, it's something that we talk to our kids about, isn't it? Do your kids at home or maybe the kids in your Bible classes, the, the kids in your youth group, we say don't allow your friends to peer pressure you or to pressure you into doing the wrong thing. The things that God would not have you to do and to living lives that God would not have you to live. But how many times does this apply to us as adults? And how many times do we just simply ignore it? All the time, doesn't it? You see it applies to us as adults because we are constantly around individuals in the world. And we constantly have an opportunity to do what we want to do or to live for God. I want to talk today about this idea of you're not too strong for peer pressure. You're not too good for peer pressure. You're not someone who is above the idea of falling into peer pressure. In Psalm chapter 1, we know that David is the author. And as we look at verse 1, David says this, the blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor even sits in the seat of the scornful. And so what we have here is what we can oftentimes referred to as the progression of sin. I think about a man, just as an illustration here, a man who, who goes to work every single day, and every single day he takes the same route. I don't, I don't know about you, but I certainly do this. When I drive to work, I could almost do it with my eyes closed. Now, trust me, I'm not. If my wife is listening and my mom is listening, I'm not driving with my eyes closed, I promise. But I'm just saying that I do it so many times to where I could do it. With my eyes closed, I take the same route every day, the same uh, right turn, the same left turn, the same straight path. I go that same way every time. But I think about this man, he walks down the same street. He takes the same route every single day, and he walks perhaps by the same store every single day. And maybe this store begins to advertise something that is ungodly. Maybe we don't know what it is, but just put whatever ungodly thing that you can think of, put it there in that store. And so the man unknowingly sees it as he goes by. He, he stares at it as he goes by, and unfortunately, before long, he begins to stand and to stare instead of walking by. And for a while, this man who used to just walk by this ungodly place is now standing in front of this ungodly place. And his, his time of standing goes from a minute To two, to three, to four, to where he begins to just gaze at whatever is going on in this ungodly place. But then what happens? As the man begins to walk down that same route every day, he then decides to go inside and sit down. You see, he walks in the counsel of the ungodly. He then stands in the paths of sinners. But then what does he do? He sits in the seat of the scornful. You see, the peer pressure got to him. The pressure to be just like the world, the pressure to do the things that the world does. It overtook him and he fell prey to it. You know, every single day we come into contact with the world around us, don't we? But we make the decision on whether or not we will allow the pressure brought on by our friends in this life to affect our actions. Will you succumb to that pressure? I guess we can make the statement that it doesn't matter how old or spiritually strong you think that you might be, you can still fall victim to peer pressure. You see, I remember growing up and hanging out with some of the kids in my neighborhood. And I remember there were times when maybe they would ask me to do something uh, that I knew went against my parents' rules. And sometimes I would go with them, and sometimes I would disobey my parents and do what I was not supposed to do. And I'm I'm not excusing that by any means, but I'm using it as an illustration just to say that sometimes I gave in to the peer pressure, sometimes I allowed myself to go with my own wants and my own desires instead of obeying my parents. I knew what they what my parents told me to do. I knew the rules that they had set in place for me. But I was allowing the outside influences to pressure me into making decisions that I knew that I wasn't supposed to be making. Does that sound familiar to us today? Look, we read the Bible. I know that. We study the Bible. I, I know that, and at least I hope that we are. I hope that you're picking up God's word. I hope that you're studying it every single day. Look, we know what it teaches. We know how we ought to live our lives. At least we should. And so often we allow ourselves to be peer pressured into doing things that we know that we shouldn't, even though we know what God's word commands us to do. Why? Why? Why do we fall into peer pressure? Why do we fall victim or prey to peer pressure? Three three things, excuse me, I'll get it out eventually. Three things that I want to point out. Number one, we fall into peer pressure because we think that we're stronger than we really are. We fall into peer pressure because we think we are stronger than we really are. You know, So many times and so often we fill ourselves up with pride and arrogance, don't we? Because sometimes I think that we look at ourselves and that we think, wow, I'm the strongest Christian ever. Our head grows bigger and bigger because we think that we have just simply arrived in our Christianity. Sometimes we grow stagnant in our faith and don't think that we need to grow because we think that we have hit that point in our lives. We don't need to grow anymore. I go back to 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 33 again. Paul starts off that by saying what? Don't be fooled. Don't be a fool in thinking that you cannot be falling into peer pressure. Don't think that this won't happen to you. You see, if you are around the wrong kind of people, eventually they're going to tear you down, aren't they? Eventually they're going to make you just like them, regardless of who you are and what you are doing in this life, regardless of how much of the Bible that you know, you will fall. Every single person is susceptible to peer pressure. There's no one who's above it. You know, something that we, have all, that we always have to understand as Christians. We have room for growth. We have room for transformation. We have to be able to be transformed, don't we? That's the whole idea from Romans chapter 12, and we're going to hit that in just a moment. But Romans 12 tells us, transform, grow, evolve. Be better today than you were yesterday. Be better tomorrow than you were today. I've mentioned the church at Laodicea on many occasions before, how they were lukewarm. Why? Because of the way that they examined themselves. You see, we need to make sure that we are examining ourselves in the right way, don't we? So that we can understand that if we're falling into peer pressure, we need to make sure that we patch things up and change the way that we live our lives. Number two, why do we fall into peer pressure? Well, because we love the things of the world. Simply, we love the things of the world. Obviously, First John 2 comes to mind when we talk about loving the world, but I actually want to focus on a, a particular passage in the book of Judges, Judges chapter 16. And in Judges chapter 16, you remember that Samson is the main individual that is being talked about and, and scrutinized really in this account. And you remember, Samson had taken that Nazarite vow, hadn't he? He had taken the Nazarite vow. God had blessed him basically with superhuman strength. But uh, long story short, and just for the sake of time, there was a woman named Delilah. Delilah was an individual who was secretly working for the Philistines. And they had tasked this individual, this woman, and they had tasked her with with, with uh, with the job of figuring out how Samson's strength could be taken away. And so she asked him over. And over, and over, and over again until he finally caved in and told her. And I know we went over that quickly, but you get the picture, don't you? You see, she was influencing him to do something. She was pushing on him, pressuring him to do something that he never should have done. And yet, because of his feelings and because of his quote-unquote love towards her, he gave in and did what he knew that he shouldn't do. You see, the things that you love in this life, the things that you prioritize in this life, they're going to be very present in all of your decisions. If you're placing your love for the worldly things, for the material things, for the physical things above everything else, then yes, certainly, naturally, you're going to give in to the peer pressure. But you see, if we place the Bible, if we place the word of God, holy writ as something that is a priority in our lives, then we will become influenced by it. Why? Because we will spend our time in it. Think about it this way. I know that we work 40, 50, 60, maybe even 70 hour weeks sometimes. We're in school all day. We spend our evenings out with friends. We do other activities like that. But we only spend four, maybe five hours at worship, studying the Bible. Because who has the time to study the Bible on their own time, right? At least that's what people say. No wonder. No wonder we allow ourselves to be peer pressured into doing things by the world and by the people in the world because we have a lack of foundation. No wonder we allow ourselves to give in to the temptations and to the desires of this world and of the individuals around us because the majority of our time is spent where? in the world with them. If you want to be someone who is a faithful Christian and who doesn't give in to the pure pressures of the world and the devil around you, then you must spend your time with Almighty God. Look, I used to coach varsity girls basketball. And I told them, I said, I said if you want to become a better basketball player, if you want to become the best that you can be on the court, then you must make it a priority. To practice on your own? What if you say, oh, I'm good at where I need to be. I don't need to do anything else at all. I'm good with my natural talent and I can do it when I'm there and that'll, that'll cover me. Do you want to just be okay at, at, at the game, at whatever it is that you're doing? No. You want to be the best that you can be and involved in that process is doing all that you can on your own time. If the only time that you play is when you're at a game or at, or at practices, You'll never be the best that you can be. You see, it's a choice that you have to make to go out on your own time and to practice on the things that need to be practiced on. Friends, the same things with our Christianity, isn't it? If the only time that you think that God, or rather if the only time that you ever think about God, if the only time that you ever study the Bible or even pick up a Bible at all is when you step foot into the church building, then you will never be the best Christian that God would have you to be. And I know I'm kind of of getting off track here a little bit. Let me say one more thing. I hear people say all the time, well, I'm just too busy. People say all the time, well, I have all these other things going on in my life. Someone once said, if you're too busy for prayer and for Bible study, then you're busier than God ever intended you to be. People say, well, I've made a commitment to work. Great. That's good. People say, I've made a commitment to this school. Sure. That's good. I've made a commitment to this sports team. That's great. Sports are awesome. But friends, what about our commitment to Jesus Christ, our Lord? At what point in time did we deem our relationship and commitment with Jesus Christ, our Savior, unnecessary and something that is not important and something that should sink all the way to the bottom of the totem pole? What did Paul say in Galatians 2 and verse 20? I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Christians, we've got to wake up. We've got to start living for our Lord, because if we don't, then we will become more and more like those in this world in which we live, and we will make it that much easier to be peer pressured into living for the devil and not for Almighty God. Number three. Another reason we give into peer pressure is because we don't want to be different from the world. And I've briefly touched on this before, but no one wants to stand out, do they? I get that. No one wants to be different from other people. No one wants to look different from other individuals. I get that. No one wants to be the odd one out. No one really wants to be the one who is seen differently, one who dresses differently, who talks differently, who lives differently. And it's so important. To teenagers and to people my age, uh, I'm in my mid. I guess I'm in my mid twenties now. I'm 24. Wow, I've never said that I was in my mid twenties before. Goodness gracious, I'm getting old. To put, no one, or rather, it's so important to people our age. I guess to to look like everybody else and to just want to blend in and and fit in and be like everybody else. You see, no one really thinks up, rather wakes up thinking. You know what, today, I'm going to allow myself to succumb to the peer pressures of the world. I'm going to allow myself to do what I'm not supposed to do. No, no, one, no one thinks that. But you see, every time that you go along with them and you do something that you know is wrong, you're allowing yourself to be peer pressured by them, aren't you? But you see, as Christians, God calls us to be different, doesn't it? 1 Peter 2 and verse 9, Peter said, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're called out of this world to be different, aren't we? The word church, the Greek word ekklesia, means the called out. Romans 12 and verse 2, the whole basis of where we get this entire podcast from. Paul says, do not be conformed to the world, but what? Be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. It's a mindset change that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Look, you'll fall to the peer pressure of the world if you want to be just like your worldly friends and your coworkers. If you want to be just like them, you'll be just like them. If you don't want to be different from the world, if you don't want to be seen differently or talk differently, you're going to end up just like the world. What do you want in this life? If you want to live for God in this life, then you'll make the right kind of choices to please him in this life, won't you? Peer pressure. Look, it's tough. I get it. We all face it. But I implore you, get up on your feet, stand firm in your faith, and live with a purpose to glorify God.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's the Network at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.